Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Commentarians uh, Coming Attractions episode number, where are we, eight? I believe that's where we are. Are you asking me like I should know? <laughs> <laughs> I believe we're on eight. Uh, we should be on eight. No, this is nine. Well, you know, it's my dad no, said. No, <laughs> no it's, it's eight. We're on eight. I'm your host, as, if, as you might have uh, noticed uh, how unprepared I am, uh, Joe. Uh, your host for this month's uh, coming attractions to introduce this month's host of the main movie episode, Emily Dixon. How are you? Man, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. And I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just finished watching the movie you're going to be doing this month and you seem you seem a little exhausted. Long I, day of recording. Long day. We've been in the studio pretty much all day. Well, since last night, actually, recording on Faith and Other Oddities. And then Nathan got to take a break while I uh, <laughs> was with Christine Skiff to watch Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. One of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about this film. Oh, my goodness. Um, so do we want to do the official stuff uh, or do we just want to jump into my take on it? <laughs> let's let's do the official stuff first. Uh, let the audience know what they're getting into this month. OK. Do you want to read Rotten Tomatoes or do, shall I? <laughs> uh, we can uh, go back and forth. Uh, it is directed by Jonathan Demme, who's also directed uh, the newer Manchurian Candidate, Philadelphia a couple of great movies and a couple of uh, strange, you know, considering the kind of movie that this is. Uh, but yeah, he's a great director. And this is, I think, one of the pinnacles of his career. Yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, it swept the Oscars. And yeah. it is one of, what, only two horror films ever even nominated? And <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Anthony Hopkins, uh, best actor for the shortest, the second shortest role uh, uh, on air. <laughs> so this movie, I mean, Demi evidently did something totally right. So yeah. So you just mentioned Anthony Hopkins. Who else is starring in this uh, film? Jody Hopkins. Uh, did I say yeah? Jody Hopkins. Let's just no, not that. Jody Foster. <laughs> Jody Foster. Yeah, they Dear never got married. Lord, uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> Yeah, Jodie Foster, who looks surprisingly young after uh, having not seen her for a while. Uh, <laughs> and she, Joe, you're going to have to carry me in on this one. I'm sorry, man. Um, Jodie <laughs> Foster, she, she does this amazing killer job with the FBI agent trying to track down the latest serial killer. And she gets thrown to the wolves, uh, almost yeah. literally. <laughs> 
Yeah, I could talk about this forever because I read uh, Red Dragon. I read Silence of the Lambs. I was a big fan of the TV show Hannibal. Uh, and so, I, you know, the, just the fact that there's this whole backstory before this movie mm-hmm. even got started. Why, isn't, why is Hannibal Lecter in prison? What did he do? And why is he being, like, you know, why are they tapping him to help uh, solve this case of, the, of uh, Buffalo Bill? Mm-hmm. And so, again, uh, yeah, a great, great film. Uh, let's continue because I, I, I keep wanting to delve into the movie. <laughs> uh, but let, let's um, tell the audience about the movie before we do that. Um, okay, so it is rated R. I would say a very strong R. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Let me see here. So what, what what do we see in this in this film that uh, the audience might want to know about before going into it? Okay, so we we definitely have some uh, gory scenes. Uh, we have some uh, scenes with the blood of people who are being skinned. Uh-huh. Uh, we have some uh, mostly psychological tension is, is what's going on, and even though it's called a horror right. film, uh, it's amazing how. What we're seeing on this film for that day and time was less graphic than what you might see on TV today. Uh, hmm. But probably the scene that gets everybody's attention is when we have Tommy Levine do his naked dance in front of the mirror. And that's that's the scene that uh, we do warn our watchers that or anyone who might watch the movie when it's coming up so that you can look away. Uh, yeah. But that has... Jodie Foster herself said that was the most disturbing scene of the movie. Uh, but mostly, I, I think if you watch CSI, if you watch Criminal Minds, that sort of thing, you probably aren't going to be that horrified by what's on the screen other than sure. the nudity there. So that's, that's what we're looking at as far as uh, warning our audience. Yeah. Uh, and then some language, uh, some really disturbing sexual violence at one point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little gross, um, and uh, yeah. Again, uh, I think there's severed body parts uh, at some at certain points of the movie. There's a really violent, a really violent murders towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and the worst. But I would have to say the worst parts of this movie is the implied violence. Yes, when we see after the fact, when they're explaining what happened. Yes, because most what's of the really violence disturbing. It, most of the violence is actually talked about rather than demonstrated. And yeah. so, uh, I, but that adds a different level of tension that yeah. it leaves you to fill in the blanks. So, Okay. Uh, and any reviews we want to read? I was looking through reviews, but you know, uh, what I found really interesting, most of them say the same thing. It, it's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. But the, this actually, the people who did not like it, it, got a lot of flack from either the ultra conservative or the um or the um gay and lesbian side of things uh the conservative because sure. it was too much the gay and lesbian because it um the main killer in the movie aside from Hannibal himself is um considers himself to be a transvestite and there's a discussion about that and Christine and I do go into that so um i actually have uh, common sense said parents need to know that The Silence of the Lambs is a horror film that won Best Picture and was condemned on both sides. Family value advocates like Michael Medvid called it too gruesome 
and disgusting, albeit well-made, to deserve an Academy Award. Gay rights activists said that stereotype transgender people as freakish monsters. Still, kids may be curious. The movie concerns extreme psychopaths and graphic atrocities they commit, including references to twisted sexual urges, twisted sexual urges, and perversities. Much of the worst violence is off-screen, in autopsy photos, or just disgust. But that's close enough as we witness one represent some representative brutality and horror near the climax. The murderous psychologist serial killer Hannibal Lecter is something of a gentleman killer, contrasted with the grotesque Buffalo Bill, who is shown at one point fully nude. There is an impressive atmosphere of menace, especially towards women. So that is from, um, like I said, commonsensemedia.org uh, and written by Charles Cassidy Jr. I, I kind of love that at the beginning when he's like this horrible, gruesome, immoral yet very well-made and great movie. <laughs> yeah. You, you, can't, you can't deny that. <laughs> well, and, and even Siskel of Siskel and Ebert, he did not like it. And hmm, Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it, 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 it caused a lot of stirs because it, it, it broke all the rules for that time. Yeah. It, it was completely groundbreaking. Yeah, um, you could make the argument that it is it shows violence against women and that it might be kind of sexist in that sense. But the whole movie is about sexism. The whole movie is about violence towards women mm-hmm. and Jodie Foster being this rookie, you know, FBI agent who was thrown out into this crazy, uh, you know, case and her having to deal with male subordinates. I mean, basically when she's an FBI agent working with local police, and they don't know whether they should be listening to her because she's a, she's a young woman. And Christine and I actually, we, we bring that up, how she, Jodie Foster, as she plays it very well, very classically Southern in the way she um, yeah. controls the scene without seeming to take control for herself. Uh, she's mm-hmm. almost taking control on the behalf of someone else. And I, I think all good Southern women learn that uh, trait very early in life. And uh, Christine actually grew up in that area, so she's familiar with uh, the Virginia Quantico uh, kind of uh, culture, and sure. uh, she got to bring some interesting perspective to that. But yeah, that it there is that uh, um, anti-woman uh, sexism that's going on, but at the same time, there's Jodie Foster pushing back and always being highlighted as being. Uh, very small in comparison to the people around her, but still holding her own. And uh, mm-hmm. that was that was very interesting to to see how they they scripted and filmed that and how she portrayed it. Yeah, and I I gotta say, unbelievable acting from Jodie Foster. Those little like you know breaths that she takes in between speaking to Hannibal Lecter when he's like really digging into her memories uh, when. I mean, I guess uh, we're spoilers, but it's been what a long. It's it been... was released in 1991, so if uh... yeah. So... <laughs> but the, like when she at the end, when she finds out that oh my god, I'm in uh, Buffalo Bill's home, mm-hmm. she just like kind of casually tries to say, "Okay, oh, can, can, can I use your phone?" Right. Like I, she she's totally terrified, but she's trying to play it off like she isn't. And mm-hmm. he knows that she's figured it out. And so they're trying to pretend like neither just those little things that she does 
yeah. are perfect. Perfect. Uh, and it, it really is. It shows her being completely terrified, but at the same time, um, struggling to maintain that poise. Because we have to remember, too, she's not a full-fledged uh, FBI agent at this point. Right. She's still a trainee. And they did a really good job of you know, what must it have been like to be somebody at her age uh, walking into a case that, you know, the people who were had been experienced and had all of the credentials hadn't been able to crack. And, you know, so this would have been both very gratifying uh, as a woman, I would have to say, I can see the gratification, but absolutely terrifying. And, but of course this is only part of the story. And like you, you mentioned Hannibal, the, uh, the TV series and uh, getting to know, you know, Hannibal Lecter and who he is and, Honestly, I actually like the TV series better than the movie. Uh, I never thought anybody could have played Hannibal Lecter as well as Anthony Hopkins, but Mads Mikkelsen does a great job. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you love his clothes. So, I, not, <laughs> because it's not okay. So, just a little bit of a, of a bit on the show. He's he is a psychopath. He mm-hmm. he can't feel what other people feel, which is why he has to kill, which is why he has to do the things that he does, because he needs that to feel something. Mm-hmm. And so when he wears these suits in the show, he wears these giant lapels, these giant tie knots. The colors and the patterns are like, are, you know, bamboo. Bombastic, bombastic, bombastic. Sorry, <laughs> and so bright and weird and color because as he needs that to kind of really feel anything. But and I love those little touches that it does. So and he carries it off well. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's just uh, oh my gosh. So yeah. So this has turned into a whole enterprise. And Christine and I actually spoke a lot. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I wasn't good. Oh, I, Christine and I actually, one of the things that we explored, because uh, Christine is actually the uh, administrator now for the Scandalous Facebook group. I've turned that over so I could be here at the Commentarians and Faith and Other Oddities oh. and my other uh, uh, projects that I'm working on. And, you know, there's just not enough of me to go around. And, uh, but we work a lot with women who are in abusive situations. And uh I think one of the things that we bring to the conversation is based on our experience with women who've been in abusive situations. Hannibal Lecter is an abuser. And yeah. we we really talk about how he's grooming Clarice to to be his next victim. And uh, even though he, uh, spoiler, sorry, uh, we know that later on she goes off and she joins him. And uh, joins him in every every way possible including his cannibalistic urges. And, um, you know, she was groomed for that. And I think most people, they don't see him. We talk about him as a murderer. We talk about him as a psychopath. We, we talk about him as a cannibal, but we don't talk about him as an abuser. And he is, he's mesmerizing. And most people don't realize that is a hallmark of an abuser is that mesmerizing quality, uh, that snake, you know, um, snake-like ability to glitter in the sunlight and uh, just kind of lure you in. I think that's one of the things that Christine was able to help bring out of this movie. Yeah, um, because, and I, I mean, again, to go back to the show, but uh, 
in the show, uh, Hannibal Lecter has a wife played by Gillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. And the same sort of thing happens where he was her psychiatrist, or was it the other way around? I believe he was, yeah, he was her patient because he was a psychiatrist and a psychiatrist need to be psychoanalyzed and they have what, to have their he, own psychiatrist. I was thinking that, that she, he was her patient. He he was her patient? Yeah, I was thinking that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right, yeah. And so even as a patient, he was like kind of grooming her mm-hmm. and manipulating her, and eventually they would end up together and they would, you know, participate together in many of the same, you know. And again, she's she's in way over her head, but she doesn't know it because he's the one that's in control the whole time. And I think that that's what's happening here in Silence of the Lambs also. Right. He's in complete control of every moment, helping her, you know, and, you know, solve the case, but only under his own terms and only for his own, you know, reasons. Mm-hmm. And he does have a bit of a, of a respect for her on some level, mm-hmm. but as much as a psychopath can have for her. Well, yeah, the, another person. The, the affection as deep as it goes, it, uh, even in most abusive relationships, it, it is real. It's genuine. And uh, one of the things that um, is very interesting is these people who are abusers, and I don't want to just say men or women because it it is both, um, Mm -hmm. but an abuser has a tendency and the ability to see a person for who they really are. And that's the strength. That's where that psychoanalytical um, part of Hannibal Lecter comes in. He sees Clarice for who she is. He sees that she's got the good bag, but her shoes aren't up to snuff or, you know, she's, she's trying to cover the accent. She's trying to disguise her origins. And he, he sees who she is where everybody else is allowing her to keep up the facade. And that's part of what draws her to him is being seen and actually seen for who she is and him wanting to protect her. And, And that's, there's so many little uh, threads that are in the movie that could have been left out so easily. And I just, yeah. it, it's a very well done movie and it's a very disturbing movie because even though it's fiction and it's over the top fiction, there's these little bits of truth in there that I think most of us can identify with on some level. Yeah. And that's what makes an effective movie. Yeah, and uh, I will say something. Uh, just uh, I, I listened to a podcast called My Favorite Murder, and they said uh, F politeness. <laughs> uh, that's what they tell women. Don't be polite. Yes. Like, for, because that is how many serial killers kind of take advantage of women. Mm-hmm. And that's not to me say be rude or be a jerk, but in this movie, uh, there's a guy with a broken arm trying to load a bet a, a, a love seat into a van mm-hmm. and he this woman trying to be nice and helpful goes and helps him and it's how he ends up kidnapping her and that was actually and, a real ploy used by an actual serial killer and i forgot that his name i don't have it on my notes here but that was actually used and he killed several women right. using that ploy right and so again that i i as much as, you know, people say that, oh, this is, you know, violence against women and, you know, and even if it is, you know, I, I can understand uh, people in the LGBTQ plus community being offended by this. It really isn't about an, a person who's, 
It's not making a commentary on people from the LGBTQ plus community. And the violence against women is based on real things. It's based on, and mm-hmm. it's not, it's not glorifying the violence against women. It's not support. It's not, you know, it's not uh, uh, exploiting it. It's not being exploitative. It is just based on what happens on what really happens. And it, I don't, I don't think it, uh, it takes advantage of that. I don't, I think it earns all the violence that it shows. It's, the violence you know. is truly horrifying when it is shown. It, it it's right. not salacious and it, it's not um, titillating. It, it is very much, it, it's horrifying uh, as it should yeah. be. And I, you know, I kind of go back to the, about being polite. Um, I actually was talking to Nathan's wife about this today. I had a former boss and I love this quote. He says, our aim should be to be appropriate, not polite. And polite isn't mm. always appropriate. And so as women, uh, particularly in Christian culture and of the Southern culture too, uh, that you, you, sometimes we need to stop being polite and we do need to work more at being appropriate and sometimes saying no and pushing back and setting boundaries that is appropriate. And so I, I'm always about, Hey guys, let's, let's find, and gals, let's find a way to, um, be smart and be safe in our relationships. And I think that's one of the things that watching a movie like this, uh, and especially when you've got people having the conversations like I think Christine and I had today, uh, it can be a way to help prepare us to meet the dangers of the real world. Yes, they aren't going to be as gruesome and graphic as Hannibal Lecter, but um, maybe if we talk about what the movie's showing, we can be a little bit more aware of what's going on in the world around us. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear this one. Uh, this is going to be a really, really interesting and fascinating episode. I'm certainly going to be watching while wa- or listening while watching the movie because I love this movie so much. Uh, so uh, again, uh, this is going to be for January 15th. Uh, so I hope you guys are ready because it's going to be a good one. Uh, I guess uh, social media is that. Yeah, social media. Find uh, the commentarians on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, and mm-hmm. give us the right. Uh, make sure we give the right addresses for everyone to find that, Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, it's ravencreeksc.com. That's where you can find, uh, you know, your other podcast, uh, Faith and Other Oddities. That's where you can find the commentarians. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash the commentarians. We're at, on Instagram. We're at Commentarians Pod. On Twitter, we're at the Comments Pod. Email us at commentarianspod at gmail.com and patreon.com slash the commentarians, uh, where we're going to have a really fun uh, bonus episode this month as well as, every, as we do every month. Uh, so join us there. This is going to be, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just overexcited, so I hope I don't, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah anyways uh thank you guys for listening uh i can't wait again i keep saying that all right let's just finish it (laughs) see you later guys bye Bye. (laughs) you've been listening to the commentarians podcast a raven creek social club production don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram if you like what you heard please leave us a review on itunes if you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. 
Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.